0: Do a bit of housework here. <laughs> okay. Yes, Mary, the mother of Jesus. God chose a young Jewish woman by the name of Mary to be the mother of Jesus. But before we look at Mary's life, I would like to begin by looking at a small part of last week's message. Last week, Donnie took us to Luke chapter 1, and part of the reading was about God speaking to Zachariah. An angel brought the message from God, telling Zechariah that he and his wife Elizabeth would have a child and they would name him John. As we learnt last week, the angel spoke some amazing and detailed prophetic words to Zechariah. But his response? How do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is too old to give me a child. What sign can you give me to prove this will happen. We also learned that God was absolutely not pleased with Zachariah's response, making him mute until the birth of John. So why am I reminding us about this? Because this week we'll be focusing on God continuing to speak, but this time to Mary and to others close to her. Did they have the same response as Zachariah? We shall see. So for the message today, there'll be two points of focus. Firstly, looking at how God spoke to Mary and Elizabeth and Joseph. And then secondly, simply but very profoundly, God still speaks today. God still speaks to his children today. Let me begin with prayer. Father, I've been obedient in preparing what you've given me to say today. So I now hand it totally and absolutely over to you that your spirit would go ahead and open our hearts, minds, ears and eyes to receive what you have for us today, individually and collectively, in Jesus' name. Amen. And for the Bible readings today, I've chosen the Passion Translation it's a newer translation, and I just felt that often at Christmas we read the same scriptures and they become familiar with to us, understandably. So I wanted to pray that the Spirit would bring us something fresh today through this newer translation. So we'll begin in the book of Luke, chapter one, sharing at the second part of verse 26. The angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you, and you are anointed with great favour. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will enthrone him as king on the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign as king of Israel forever, and his reign will have no limit. So, God speaks to Mary through the angel Gabriel. He begins by telling Mary to rejoice because the Lord was with her and she was anointed with great favour. I love the compassion of God as shown when Gabriel graciously tells Mary not to yield to her fear before. He gives her the prophetic message about what was going to happen to her and who her child would become. So Mary's response, but how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. Yes, Mary was confused about it, about how it could happen. But unlike Zachariah, she wasn't asking for the angel to prove that it was going to happen. Let's see how the angel answered Mary's question. Gabriel answered, The spirit of holiness will fall upon you and Almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Then Mary responded saying, Yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. Wow, what joy the father would have felt to get a response like that. Then a few days later, Mary went to visit her aunt Elizabeth in her home. And Now we turn to Luke 1, starting at verse 40. Arriving at their home, that is Zachariah and Elizabeth's home, Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the moment her aunt heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked. And suddenly, Elizabeth was filled with overflowing with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a woman given the highest favour and privilege above all others, for your child is destined to bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honour to have the mother of my Lord come and visit me? The moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside me with joy. Great favour rests upon you, for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. So within a few days, just a few days after Gabriel had spoken God's word to her, God is speaking again to Mary graciously confirming through Elizabeth what he'd already told her. We can only imagine how this prophetic message given through Elizabeth would have strengthened and encouraged and comforted Mary. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, it says, When someone prophesies, he or she speaks to encourage people, to build them up and bring them comfort. This is exactly what Elizabeth's words would have meant to Mary. We're told that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for another three months. And I see this as another example of God's love and care for Mary, giving her this time to be with Elizabeth so that she could be in a supportive and caring environment as she pondered what God had told her and what was going to happen to her and her child. But did you notice also that God revealed himself to Elizabeth before she was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke those words to Mary? When Mary entered Elizabeth's house and Elizabeth heard her voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked. Yes, God was communicating. He was speaking to Elizabeth, something special is going to happen. I just love that. And I know that God still speaks in this same way, communicating that something special is going to happen. And I'm going to share a personal story now about this. Ah, Canning Stock Route. Ross and I headed down there from Horse Creek. It's a historic stock route um, down about 2,000 kilometres down to Walurna in the southwest of WA. And it was where they traditionally in in the past took the stock um, from Horse Creek, from the Kimberley, to get them to the southwest of WA. And along the way there were 48 wells built so that the stock could be watered. Um, There's also 900 sand dunes to get to Waluna. So off we headed from Horse Creek to down the Canning Stock Route. Um, That's our accommodation on the lower left and The little dog, Max, didn't want to get out of the swag that morning. I think he felt, "Uh oh, not more sand dunes. And the flag on the vehicle you needed because as you went up the top of the sand dune, if, if there was someone coming the other way, they could see you, so you didn't meet at the top. So that was your communication. And also on the top left, yes, there's three deserts you go through, but it rained when we went down. And we got bogged, but you can ask Ross about that. What I want to talk to you about is willy-wagtails. Yes, as we're driving down this track, day after day, the willy-wagtails started coming and flying in front of us. And I thought, oh, this is wonderful. They're showing us the way, Ross. They're looking after us and guiding us. And they weren't really. They were just getting the insects. But it became a daily thing and a daily delight. And Ross even jokingly said, when we get home, we'll get an invoice from Wagtail and Associates for guiding us down the Canning Stock Route. It was a joy. And ever since that time, every time I saw a Willie Wagtail, right up until today, I stopped and I praise God, thanking for being with me, guiding me, showing me the way. And especially as I continued to work in the Kimberley, I was on remote roads often, driving to schools and communities on my own, Fun changing a flat tyre when it's 45 degrees heat. <laughs> but I would see the Willy Wagtails at the most appropriate times and I would just stop and praise God. Thank you, Lord, you're with me. You're going to see me through this. And it still is amazing for me today. So, come forward a number of years. I'm back in Queensland. Was invited to go and work at Cherbourg School. All right, I'll come, but I need a full day with the Indigenous educators before I go into the main school, knowing that if I was to bring a program, I wanted it clearly to be accepted and used by the Indigenous staff. So I'm heading to Cherbourg early one morning, and the closer I get, the more nervous I'm getting. Lord, what a mistake I'm making. These people don't know me. When you work cross-culturally with Aboriginal people, it's who you are that matters, not what you do. So over 30 years in the Kimberley, I had built up those relationships with Indigenous people. I could go anywhere and be accepted. I was part of this kinship system. My skin name was Nangala, and as soon as I went anywhere, I had sisters, mothers, aunties, everything. So here I am going to Sherberg School. I don't know any of these people. They don't know me. So I started to panic. The butterflies really started to flutter, and I turned off at Mergen. I'm on the road to Cherbourg, and I just blurted out without a thought, Lord, I need a willy-wagtail. I need to know you're with me. So I pull up at the school, pull out all my bags and lunchboxes and everything, and head to the gate. And there's this archway, metal archway, and there smack bang in the middle on the ground was a willy-wagtail dancing, looking at me, smiling. I think he had a ruler because he was, he was so central. It was just amazing. So you imagine the joy that filled me, the weight that lifted off my shoulders as I went in and I had one of the most amazing days that I've ever had working cross-culturally. Yes, I know that God still speaks today in this way, communicating that something special is going to happen. So let's go back to the book of Matthew now to read how God spoke Joseph, Mary's fiance. We read that when Joseph learned that Mary was pregnant, he secretly planned to break the engagement. Matthew 1, starting at verse 19. Joseph was a righteous man, full of integrity, and he didn't want to disgrace her. That's Mary. But when he learned of her pregnancy, he secretly planned to break the engagement. While he was still debating with himself about what to do, he fell asleep and had a supernatural dream. An angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't hesitate to take Mary into your home as your wife because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb. She shall give birth to a son and you are to name him Saviour for he is destined to give his life, to save his people from their sins. So through a dream, God speaks to Joseph, telling him not to break the engagement and also giving him a prophetic word about the child Mary is to give birth to. Such a clear message from God and Joseph would have known it was from God because we know that he was going to secretly break the engagement. No one else knew but God did. So he would have known it was God speaking to him. And from how the story unfolds, we know that Joseph obeyed what God had told him in the dream. So let's just pause and summarize how God has been speaking through these Bible verses. He spoke through angels who were both re- there in real life and also in a dream. He filled people with the Holy Spirit. So that they would speak out his prophetic words. Words to strengthen and encourage about things that had happened and things that were to come. So yes, in looking at Mary's life this morning, I have focused purposely on God speaking. Now this leads me to the second part of the message that God is still speaking to his children today. He speaks to us in many ways just as we've read in the Bible verses this morning, through the Holy Spirit, prophetic words, dreams, circumstances. And we've seen through the scriptures how God confirmed to Mary on more than one occasion what he had already told her. Don't you love it when God does that? You really believe he said something to you and what you to do, but you're not sure, you're holding it lightly, praying it through and then he comes and confirms it to you in a different way. That's really precious. I'm not going to unpack all of these ways today except to say that the most <coughs> excuse me, powerful way God speaks to us is through the scriptures. It's not the only way, but it is the most central way because anything that God says to us in any other way will always line up with what's in the Bible. And if it doesn't, then it's not from God. Now, I know that there's many scriptures that reveal God's care and protection over me, his guidance in my life. But the way he puts willy-wagtails in my life causes me to praise him and to remind me of his love and care. And that's just a pure delight for me, a pure delight. And I believe it is for him too. But his word, my Bible, is the absolute truth for my life and it will always be. Susan, would you come and share now? She's a special part of our Sensible Shoes group, and she's something to share with you this morning.
1: I've been going to uh, Sensible Shoes since it started and it re- I really have grown in my faith through it. Now, um, in Sensible Shoes, it talks about um, spiritual um, disciplines. I call them strategies. And the one that um, impacted on my life um, was the um, Lecto Divina It's a sacred reading, um, listening to God's word in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Apparently um, it started hundreds of years ago. You read a part of the Bible and then there's silence. You read again. And there is silence. And then you read the passage aloud, and is silence. And then you read again, and there is silence. And during this time, you are listening to God, hoping, praying that God's going to speak to you. So um, with this uh, strategy, um, I thought I'd put it into practice. At this time, into a practical practice for my life. At this time, I was in uh, KYB, learning about um, Paul's life and teaching. And on one particular day, I was focusing on Philippians chapter 3, or the group was, and it was about Saul and his fierce persecutions against the Jesus followers of those days. He even, um, you know, um, sent them to death. You know, he seemed to have some um, joy in doing that. He stood while Stephen was being stowed um, to death. Um, You know, you just can't imagine the um, despicable things that he did. At home, um, after the the, uh, session... I decided to do the Lectio Divina, and I wanted to um, continue on in that um, chapter three of Philippians, and I came to um, Philippians three thirteen to fourteen, and I'm reading from a different translation. I think it's called the New Living. Um, I can't remember what the T stands for. <laughs> Uh, translation. <laughs> um, and it says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And then I had this light bulb experience looking forwards and not backwards. At this time, I was going through... uh, um, I I can only say my mind was being tortured by events that had happened in the past. And then I realised that you forget all these past hurts, pains... Failures, disappointments, rejection, the lies that people told about me, regretful things, misunderstandings, and all those bad past experiences. Let them go. The past can't be changed. Forget, don't look backwards. And I think that was a time when Paul didn't look backwards because he could probably remember those things that he did but he's saying look forward um to god um and that's what i um felt forget about the past just keep looking forward and it, and i must say it was a real um light bulb experience now my question then was to god well you know How am I going to look forward? What am I going to do? And I'm going to read um, from um, J.B. Phillips, um, New Testament, Philippians 4, 8 to 9. Here is a piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on things which are holy and right and pure, and admirable, and God. Model your conduct conduct, I'm sorry, conduct on what you have learned from me, on what I have told you and shown you, and you will find that the God of peace will be with you. So put my thoughts on things that are, um, are worthy to think about. Uh, There was another um, verse that came to mind, verses that came to our mind, and it was to captivate all those thoughts. I was um, in Roma at the time and I was going to a Bible study there and we were um, focusing on these verses. The The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And then it goes on. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And when we were talking about this captive every thought, we use the words you trash them, you throw them in the bin. You don't want to have them around you at all. And then there was a next one to help me to move forward. Um, Put on the full armour of God, which is in Ephesians 6.11, so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. And then when things are really bad, you say, flee Satan in Jesus' name, flee And that's how um, doing the uh, Lecto Divina has um, impacted on my life. That's it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. In John 16, Jesus said it was in our favor that he leave and return to the Father so that he could send the Holy Spirit, the Helper. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and he was given by the Father to do everything Jesus would do in our lives were Jesus still physically with us. Hearing the voice of God is hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hearing the voice of God is hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the more we welcome and invite the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives, the more attuned we become to his voice. I just want to say something to the young people now. When I was 19, Teachers College, off on a trip with fellow students down to the Snowy Mountains. One evening I went up to the rec room and there some of the friends and students were gathering and making a circle. I was a Christian at ch- going to church each week and youth group. And I stood there at the door and they said to me, Come in, Annette, we're doing a seance. So I just stood there and I thought, I'm not sure what all this is about, but I'm pretty sure it's communicating with dead people. And just as I stood there with my shoulder against the door frame, this message came into my mind not for you annette not for you i didn't know that was the holy spirit speaking to me but i am so grateful 50 plus years later i am still saying to the holy spirit thank you thank you for bringing god's heart to me and in that door frame because i shuddered to think what would happen to my life if i'd have gone into that room i didn't know it was the holy spirit speaking i've realized and learned later what it's like to hear god through the spirit and it's the most precious thing young people don't be like me and not and be ignorant i was ignorant of what the holy spirit's power and presence would be like in my life having jesus there with me all the time guiding me talking to me showing me the way don't rob yourself young people Find out about this power, this beautiful gift that God has given us. It's Jesus walking with us day in and day out, being everything that Jesus is if He were here physically with us. He can't. He can't geographically be beside all of us, even if He was still on earth. So the gift of the Spirit is Jesus. And it's the most wonderful, wonderful thing. So, young people, don't rob yourself, don't be like I was. I'll close by reminding us of what Mary said when she and Jesus were at the wedding in Canaan. In John chapter 2, we read that Mary realized that they'd run out of wine. And she said to the service, whatever Jesus tells you, do it. I think that's amazing advice from Mary. Someone who had heard God speaking and had witnessed what had happened when she and others obeyed him obeyed his voice and that's my goal whatever jesus tells you to do annette do it yes he absolutely does still speak today we're going to have a really special final song now with randall and sarah it's called mary did you know And I reckon if Mary was standing here now and we asked her these questions, to some of them she would say, yes, I did know because God told me. Please remain seated and just reflect on the words. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through what's been shared this morning. And following the song, Rosie will close in prayer and then there'll be the benediction.